1: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes. I'm Stephanie Myers.
0: I'm Stephanie Benyam.
1: And Talk Tuners, we are celebrating today because it is our 50th episode. And this month also marks two full years of doing this show. Two full years. And we've dropped episodes every other week. We're so excited about that. We dropped these episodes that share the memories and stories that we associate with the music that has shaped our lives. So thank you again, Talk Tuners. Thank you, Stephanie. Today, we're going to reflect back on some of these special memories connected to the music, and that's connected with our lives, with our 20-year friendship, and we're just excited to go on this journey with you.
0: Yes, the journey continues. <laughs> and thank you, Stephanie. This is our big 5-0, and if we were married, this would be our gold anniversary.
1: It would be gold, so you it's know? appropriate for others to gift us some gold for this episode.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Even if it's a golden egg, you know, it's kind of you know, it's April still. Yeah. Give us some of your old Easter candy. I know that those (laughs) Cadbury eggs come in gold tin foil. Those are badass. You know, (laughs) bring it, bring it, bring it, man. April is great in so many ways. So glad two years ago we connected, decided to do this podcast. It's been so much fun, and it's so much fun to also hear from you guys. So thank you for sticking around. Today, um, we are definitely going to continue our journey, as Stephanie mentioned, but I want to mention prior to getting into that, is that we're going to celebrate our 50th episode with the merch contest. Guys, we have a full merch shop, and in that shop, we have a color-changing coffee mug. It's pretty cool, I must say. It's black when you get it, but when you put warm liquid in, it brights up to white, and you can see our logo now that's pretty dope <laughs> so guys we would love to just go ahead and give away one of these mugs and to enter this contest just simply give us an email to stephaniestalktunes at gmail.com with the subject line merch giveaway and we'll enter you in the drawing
1: that's one of my favorite items that we offer in the merch shop and so i'm just really excited to give that away to talk tuners and i'm glad we're doing this
0: yeah, absolutely. So, hey, guys, you know, for those who don't know us in real life, Stephanie and I are always sporting the color black. So it makes sense that we have a black mug, but yeah. then change to white because black and white go so well together. In fact, <laughs> I'm wearing a black and white dress. Shocker. Yeah. Shocker. Anyway, guys, yeah, please join the merch contest. Um, It's it's awesome. So thank you again. But Steph, please kick this off.
1: Yeah, we're so excited for this episode. So for this special episode, we are going to be telling some stories. We're going to talk about a band that we associate with a very special person in our lives who is a very special friend to both of us. She was a big part of many of our music memories that we talk about on this show. We've talked about uh, stories with her in various episodes. She sadly left this earth in 2017. Her name was Gina, and this episode is dedicated to her. We know we have a lot of listeners who associate certain music with certain people who made a big impression in your lives. We encourage you to reach out and share those stories with us. We would love to share them on the show.
0: Absolutely. We couldn't think of a better way to honor our dear friend and to produce this milestone episode. Gina was a very important person, a best friend, a confidant, a sister, and even a community activist. She led a phenomenal life. And today we are going to continue our 90s series with the band that she loved, that we love, and is one of the most important bands of the 90s decade. This band is so cool that it even goes by an acronym. We are talking about no other than Stone Temple Pilots, AKA STP and their ginormous nineteen ninety four hit Big Empty Driving Faster What we are Smoke a cigarette And last no the more These conversations Kill Falling faster
1: with the rest of the show, I do want our listeners to know we do have a trigger warning for addiction for this episode. That's something that we will be covering as we talk about this uh, story today with STP. So I just want to go back, start off and just say, talk tuners. We associate our friend Gina pretty heavily with STP. She would play them all the time. She really loved them. When I personally first came to the tri-state area and was looking at possibly moving to New York, uh, she had insisted that I live with her until I found a job, and that was so kind, and I'll never forget that. Uh, when I hear STP, I think about her. It makes me think that she's giving us a signal. She's waving to us a little bit when I hear that on the radio, and I'll just say she was a great person, and Pena, knowing that you were a great person, I knew
0: before you guys even met that you would be really good friends, so it just makes me really happy that everyone connected. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Thanks for introducing me to her. We have so many memories and we are highlighting just a little bit of them today.
1: Yeah, we have so many memories and we have so many things to say about STP. So I would love to talk a little bit about STP for those who might be new to them, maybe don't fully know their story. They have a fascinating one. Before they were Stone Temple Pilots, wonder if talk tuners know that they were originally called Mighty Joe Young. I'm glad they changed that. Me too. I'm really glad they changed that. That was not, it wasn't the right fit. So they they mixed that up, and I'm glad they did. But they were originally the members that consisted of Scott Weiland, Brothers Dean and Robert DeLeo on bass and back and vocals and guitar, and then Eric Kretz on drums. And that lineup remained unchanged from their initial formation in 1989 until the firing of Scott in February, 2013. So it was that way for a long time. And then Linkin Park vocalist Chester Bennington joined the band in May, 2013, and he ended up leaving amicably in November, 2015.
0: Chester was well-respected by the industry. I mean, come on, guys. It takes a hell of a person to replace Scott Wyland. His image, his voice, his dance, his style, everything. Like the epitome of rock star right there. And, you know, back to Chester just really big because he plays an important part, too. It all ties together, man, because when talents come together and collide, it's a beautiful thing and they collaborate. You know, Chester was definitely very well-respected, as I mentioned, you know, in the industry. And he was very close to Chris Carnell. And you can hear us talk about Chris Carnell and his legacy in season one. Unfortunately, Chester died by suicide one month and two days later after Chris's same tragic end in 2017. That's chilling. That's beyond chilling. We lost the three phenomenal artists in 2017. And Chester's voice is so beautiful and so iconic. Yes, he can yell, but that man can sing. And he sang hallelujah at Chris's funeral. So my last thing to say about Chester, because we definitely want to talk about STP and Big Empty, is that for those fans that are just fans of Chester in general, I highly recommend listening to his collaboration with Lamb of God's Mike Morton on Mike's solo record, Anesthetic. That was released a couple of years ago. It is one of the last known studio recordings that Chester has ever done. The song is called Cross Off. Thank me later. Just thank yeah. me later. That song is fucking gold. So anyway, let's pivot. We have to pivot. So Stone Temple Pilots is by far one of my most favorite bands of all time. Hands down. Yeah. I am so grateful to have memories with Gina directly and a ton of other people that matter the most to me. I've been listening to these guys since I was in the sixth grade. This band exploded in the 90s with their first album, Core. And man, everyone thought when they first got on the scene that they were ripping off Pearl Jam. You remember that, Stephanie?
1: I do. I do. They were like, oh, what? What are these vocals? But it's like, hey, guys, there's room for everyone
0: absolutely so if you guys go back and listen to their first release off of core it's plush and a lot of people were saying hey he sounds like eddie better yeah i guess i guess (laughs) not really anyway (laughs) that stigma faded really quickly because stp is their own beast and nothing like pearl jam i had all of her tapes man I would loan it out to my friends, older brothers and sisters and friends. And I kept a fucking log to make sure I had it back within two weeks, tops, of loaning it. Like I was a librarian. I was ridiculous in the 90s, y'all. I mean, music is everything. I had a log. i <laughs> like, okay, this tape is going out to this person. You know, we remember Columbia House. I definitely took advantage of that shit. And got, like, 20,000 albums for a penny.
1: I just love that you ran a real tight ship with this log, Stephanie. That's uh, that's pretty great. You know, it shows, that shows the care of your music library, right?
0: Absolutely, man. And, you know, we grew up with the greatest music. So I had to, you know, have to have ties on that. I'm like, come on, man. Give me back my music. So anyway, STP. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. Anyway, so... <laughs> a pilot's man. so you think stp a lot of folks and even myself when they first came on the scene correlated that acronym and even their logo because it mirrored the actual motor oil that we all know of the trusty yeah. motor oil that was created in the 50s and actually so as stephanie mentioned their first name was mighty joe young thank god they changed that and the origins behind that is that scott wyland actually used to have an stp motor oil sticker on his bike. And so whatever with collaboration he had with Robert and, you know, Eric and the gang, they decided that that was the way to go. And I just remember when they came on the scene and people were buying shirts. It was so cool, man. You would see like back in the day, you would see um, you know, like Mechanic button up shirts with a little stp on it and you're like oh do you work at a body shop oh no that's just a stone temple pilots fan you know just a side note you know with big empty i was lucky enough to see them live with gina in may on may 31st 2008 at the pnc bank art center in holmdale new jersey talk tuners stephanie and i have a billion memories at this venue so please go back through (laughs) good god (laughs) so many funny shit When it comes to going out to this venue. So please, please check out our past catalog. And in particular for me, my favorite memory, Stephanie, is definitely the Tom Petty. Yeah, it's got to be, right?
1: Absolutely. (laughs) Folks can go back if they would like, listen to the Tom Petty episode. It's kind of a funny story, but you know, I digress.
0: It is, it is. So back in May of 08, Scott came on the stage hours later. It's a whole mess. I'll get into that later. But when he came on stage... He said to the crowd, sometimes you make crazy choices. Wow. That's a lot, right? You know, there's a lot there with that. And at that time, he then briefly started apologizing to the DeLeo brothers because this was kind of their hometown show. And Robert basically said really quickly, apology accepted, brother. And they then proceeded into their first song, which was Big Empty. Whoa. It was cool. Don't get me wrong. But that that kind of just sets the vibe as to where the band, Scott, everything kind of was. Because this song is very mellow. And yes, it hit. It's a big hit. Steph will go into that in a little bit. But just sit on that for a little bit, y'all. That's, that's insane. I've never been to a show where they start low. Stephanie, have you? I was just going to say, it's such a
1: fascinating opening choice, um, because I think almost every show I've ever gone to will start with kind of a banger out of the gate, um, and Big Empty is the opposite of that. So when you had shared, it's like, yeah, they opened with that. Never heard of a band going low uh, to kick things off like that. Absolutely. Right. makes me wonder, it's like, oh, is that a reflection of their headspace at the time?
0: For sure. And then also, I mean, think about it, y'all. I said he took hours to get on stage. So people were pissed, right? So yeah. maybe let's calm us all down. <laughs> Center, refocus. Yep. So anyway, STP is not a thing of the past, y'all. They're still touring today. They replaced Scott with Jeff Gutt, who was a participant on The X Factor. And eerily, y'all, he sounds just like Scott. I've seen them live, but I'll talk about that later.
1: Yeah, it's so fascinating. Talk tuners, as you may or may not know, they actually had launched in 2016 STP looking for a new lead vocalist. They did an online edition. And then they announced uh, Jeff Gut as new lead singer in November 2017. So it was just, you know, the way of how it goes sometimes. I think Journey did the same thing, actually. They did online editions and found somebody who sounded a lot like Steve Perry, honestly. So yeah. um, fascinating, kind of like where we are now. But they have continued to release material. To your point, Stephanie, the band's only material with Chester was the EP High Rise. And STP released two albums with Jeff Gutt on vocals. It was the second self-titled album in 2018 and the eighth studio album, uh, Perdita, in 2020. So as late as 2020, they're still putting out studio material. And it makes me wonder if, you know, talk tuners know that or if they thought that
0: STP died as a band uh, when Scott passed. Yeah. Not the case. Not the case. Um, but yeah. So let's get into Big Empty. This is a big hit.
1: <laughs> big Empty is a big, big hit. You could really not leave the radio because uh, you're hearing it all the time. It was just constant, constant, constant on the radio. Now, we talk about the Crow soundtrack quite a bit on this show <laughs> that we have in the past. I know it's one of our favorite soundtrack albums. Uh, I know for me, it's... It's one of my all-time faves. So Big Empty actually first appeared on this soundtrack prior to appearing on an album. So they were alongside Nine Snails, The Cure, Rage Against the Machine, Violent Femmes, Pantera, and The Rollins Band. To me, it was very much a snapshot of this moment in time. Uh, and it's a great, great album. But first appeared on there and then subsequently appeared on their album, Purple, which is a great, great album. We'll talk more about that. An interesting little factoid was upon hearing about Brandon Lee's sad passing on set while filming The Crow, STP decided to scrap their song that was called Only Dying um, and then submit Big Empty in its place for the film's soundtrack, which seems like definitely the right choice in those circumstances. So that's how Big Empty got on that soundtrack. And as a single, it reached number three on the Billboard Mainstream Rock Tracks chart. So it really, it really was everywhere. And it also received critical praise. The All Music critic Stephen Thomas Earl Wine wrote that "Big Empty" is a perfect encapsulation of mainstream alienation, and praised it as a highlight on the album *Purple*. So I thought that was a really good insight, and it really summed it up for me.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, Stephanie. Thanks for sharing that. I really like that. And yes, guys, the Crow soundtrack is one of my most favorite. That movie is one of my most favorite movies. I used to watch that every night before I went to sleep. It's a big deal for me. Definitely helped shape my life for sure. And the soundtrack, you know, has artists, as Stephanie mentioned, but there are some that I just want to reiterate that we actually talk about in our first season, second season. Those bands include My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult, you know, The Cure, Rage Against the Machine, Nine Inch Nails, and now we're doing STP. I mean, man, you really can't get more 90s than that soundtrack, that album. It's it's one of the best. And Purple, Purple is actually my favorite album, and you know, pretty funny. Coincidentally, my favorite color. Same. Ah! so from that album you know aside from big empty my favorites and honestly like one of the best rock love songs i've ever heard in my life till this day still remains that is a beautiful song so guys go back and listen to this album listen to that song other hits that i love Loungefly, vaseline just to name a couple stephanie what are your faves
1: I think Vaseline is probably my favorite. I was listening to it the other day and realized it still really rocks like it did back then.
0: But this song, y'all just, you know, talking about how music has shaped our lives. This is one of the first songs that I was able to like, listen to and just start interpreting it the way I saw it. Cause you read lyrics, you take music and read it, feel it, listen to it. And you take out of it, whatever you want. And completely and utterly and totally honest i was a fast ass kid completely fast and i would listen to this and i'm like you know this is intense this would just make me like really pensive and like man what what's going on and i was completely obsessed with pop culture at this time like i needed to know everything about everything and what what's going on in these people's lives and um you know i would say this is one of the songs that definitely helped me really look at music in a different lens and interpret it the way I want it to. And I, I thank STP for that. I mean, just the, the song itself, you know, conversations kill yo that line that's deep to me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Deep, deep. Hey, my God, my God. And y'all, Stone Temple Pilots was everywhere. We talk about MTV a lot. You cannot talk about the 90s without talking about MTV because they played a prominent, prominent, prominent... It was prominent for anybody just to get their name out there. And um, Stone Temple Pilots was definitely an MTV, uh, you know, MTV love, MTV baby. They were everywhere. They would be on spring break. They would specials. Alternative Nation, Kennedy. I remember that VJ. man. totally in love with them. Um, You know, that was her thing. And... Aside from uh, from Big Empty, just one video just in general I want to talk about and something that directly relates to Gina is um, in 1999, they released a song called Sour Girl. And Sour Girl had the actress Sarah Michelle Gellar in it. Beautiful. Dancing with Scott looks... It's the imagery, everything. It kind of had some Teletubbies aspect to it too, which is another 90s thing. Yeah. It really did. It was bizarre. But... Gina loves Sarah Michelle Gellar because she was the big star in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So I just thought that was pretty cool. So kind of having, you know, all of her her favorites and, and wrapped up in one little video, um, you know, aside from that, just to backtrack a little bit back in the day, and Stephanie and I talk about this all the time, how radio played a good big force, of course, for, uh, for music and artists in general. Well, um, I grew up in San Antonio. So the, the rock station is 99.5, KISS. Okay, so I'm totally obsessed with this band. And Vaseline was actually the first single to come off that album. And I knew that song so well that when KISS was throwing a contest to give away the album for free, you had to be caller number seven, right, to get the album for free. And I knew that song so well at the beginning. I was caller number two. Girl. I was caller number three. I was caller number five. Girl. And then I fucking lost. <laughs> no. After all that. Oh,
1: it's a bummer. Yes.
0: Yes. Like I, I completely, I can't stress that enough how obsessed I was with so Temple Pilots, man. What a bummer, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh man. So close.
0: <laughs> so close. Yes. But, uh, but I digress, Stephanie, I know STP means stuff for you. So tell me a little bit about your stories.
1: Yeah, when I think about STP, you know, you think about the 90s, and I just can't overstate how much they were everywhere for so long. So when we talk about these memories and stories, you know, it's from our personal experience of how we connected them, them being everywhere, everywhere you look. And I have a memory of when Interstate Love Song came out. Uh, It was also at the time of all these 90s music videos. Well, my friend made us choreograph our own quote music video to that. Uh, We had to do like specific choreography and then film it. And I would love to, you know, find that someday, but I could tell you every word and every beat of that song because she made us rehearse it like over and over and over (laughs) your set song. So that's another classic of theirs, I think.
0: I think you should have done that for a talent show. No No, kidding. You you totally should have. That is awesome. Please find that, Stephanie, please. I would love um, to. Yeah, yeah. We, we need that to resurface. That's that's pretty amazing. I wish that I could. I wish that I could.
1: And maybe I will. And if so, I'll put it on our social channels because I'm sure people would love to see it.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, tell me about when you've seen Scott. Yeah, yeah.
1: I guess just pivoting a little bit is, is a, a little bit of a, a sadder note. I did get to see Scott play. It was at the K-Rock Home for the Holidays show in 2008 at Irving Plaza in New York. And I was excited to see him. um, But unfortunately, he was just not in a good place for this show. And so he had been pretty open about his struggles with addiction um, to the public and in his memoir, which is called Not Dead and Not For Sale. And he's talked pretty openly about his heroin and opiate use. And so in several shows, um, just in different capacities, he had forgotten lyrics. And one of them, he fell off stage um, mid-performance. And uh, unfortunately, the show I attended included uh, stumbling and slurring and forgetting of lyrics. And I was just stunned. I hadn't really expected it. I thought he had kind of come through recently on the other side. And he had a couple... Um, Stenson rehab, where he was clean and he was sober, and so I was, uh, I was stunned, and I was just really concerned. I was really yeah. concerned at what I was seeing. I had gone to the show with our mutual friend Lexi, and I turned to her, open mouthed, um, just several times at what we were witnessing because I was, I was stunned. I was so concerned. It was like, oh, he's not, he's not in a good place, and I just remember walking away from that show just desperately hoping that he was going to get the help he needed because it was clear that the people around him were maybe not, um, not offering that. Or hopefully, you know, I hope they were not telling him that things were okay. Cause they were clearly not okay.
0: That's horrifying, man. I can't even fathom. I can't fathom that. That's so sad. So was he doing, cause I me, mean, Scott guys, he definitely did his own solo music. He's collaborated with other, Folks, and of course, Stone Temple Pilots. Was he doing his own music or was this an STP show?
1: He was, it was a solo show, but he was singing his own songs in addition to STP songs. Yeah. Yeah. And so he was out there doing all of it. And, um, and yeah, I was, uh, like I said, I came in expecting, um, I'd heard at that point too, it's like, oh, yeah, he's on the upswing now. He's gotten help. He's getting better. But unfortunately, uh, things were not good for him that night and I just uh I had a real deep concern for what might happen next after that night
0: yeah uh, god so nuts so yes we saw him in the same year in 08 so yeah. when I saw them you know to go back you know I mentioned I saw him at the PNC and you know Gene and I were there and a filter opened up for them so man you can't get more 90s in that. hell yeah filter was there so okay cool having a great time And yeah, so it took about a couple hours for this guy to come out and it was, the weather wasn't nice. So this is an outdoor amphitheater and literally it started raining and it was cold. Oh, wow. And yeah. Yeah, it was not fun. And needless to say, Gina and I are so hardcore that we stuck it out. We literally had trash bags. We bought, we got some trash bags and put up, of course, cut holes and them like ponchos, like fucking idiots. It was great, but we didn't care. We're like, hell yeah, we have to see this. And he, when he came out, I already said what he had to say. He said his apologies. And yes, it was definitely not his best show, but I, we could care less. It was awesome. He got through it. He got through it. And, you know, to go even further back, I saw him in his prime. I saw him in November 17th, 1996. It was my very first time seeing STP um, in San Antonio at the Freeman Coliseum with Local H. So, yeah. So for those folks on the line who lived the 90s, you know that Local H Super nineties, amazing. Yeah, Um, you can go see them on their own. You know, yeah, I'm I'm sure you caught them. They were touring all the time. Yeah, they were everywhere. So yes, that was the first time I saw them. And I would say that the coolest thing about this for me, and it was completely unexpected, because of course we don't have the social media, we didn't have the web like we do now. Everything you you didn't know what they were going to do next, right? Well, check it out. They took a quick pause, and then all of a sudden. From the sky comes down the set of MTV Unplugged. (laughs) Holy shit. Incredible. Holy shit. I got goosebumps, y'all, telling you about this. And so, folks, if you don't know what MTV Unplugged is, it was a series in the 90s. MTV would get really big artists like Shakira, Alice in Chains, Nirvana, Stone Temple Pilots to come and play their biggest hits, acoustic style, Unplugged. And they went into creep and big empty. I cried. I don't care. Ah, that hell yeah! That to me. I fucking cried. I like, oh my god, I am the luckiest bitch on the planet. I cannot believe this shit. I'm with my friend Agnes, and she's a big, big, big Stone Temple Pilots fan. I was like, so oh bad. Like we're just holding on to each other. Like holy shit, we are so lucky, and we. Talked about it for weeks. People we were like, shut up already. We we're like, no, we are the coolest. We saw this. Sex set. Everyone must know. You know? I love it. And, oh, my God. How awesome. How love awesome. It. And so, you know, aside from that, um, and this is funny as well. When I was a junior in high school, I went to the prom and I got ready the sex type thing while I was putting on my <laughs> prom outfit. <laughs> uh, yeah! It's, it's a good, good sound. Good. <laughs> it's great, y'all. Oh, that's off the core album. You got to check that one out. And further down the line, outside of that, I had the opportunity to see Velvet Revolver, which is a super group that Scott fronted at the time. Um, the remaining members, original members of Guns N' Roses, Guns N' Guns Roses, um, you know, would, were together with Scott and they played uh, PNC as well with Alice in Chains, and I saw that with Gina, and that was so awesome. Um, their first album came out in 2004, and I remember when I first moved to New York, I played. I had a CD of the week, and in my Walkman, uh, that that particular album kind of made it every other week. So I was <laughs> like, so pretty nuts, right? Like I would literally take one album every day. Every week, I would listen to it, and it's so good. I mean- Love it. That, that was it. I'm on the fucking train. I'm annoyed. It's early. Put on some Velvet revolver. Let's go. Let's start shaking. Because y'all, Scott Weiland has such an amazing stage presence. When he was on his game, he created a brand new game. Yeah. You didn't know what this guy was going to do, man. Fantastic dancer. And when we saw him at Velvet Revolvers, when he started bringing on that cop hat, when he wore the cop hat all the time. Yeah. And he had no shirt, leather pants, sometimes sparkly, had the, you know, the uh, megaphone. And yes, he used that in STP as well, dead and bloated. That's how it starts with him on, you know, the megaphone. Yeah. But man, and then you have Slash, you got Duff. Yo. Yo! Oh my god! So, so, so good! And I think one of the main reasons that I love Scott so much and his craft is because you could see his influences. You could, like, just see, like, frontmen, you know, that he admired, the way he danced. You know that man listened to Prince all the time because he was dancing in some heels and doing some crazy shit just like Prince. You know, for sure! You know, it you know, you can hear 70s rock. You can give us experimental, like big bang baby, man. Like that is just it. this is iconic music, y'all. And y'all I just can't stress that enough. So aside from that, I mentioned that I saw Jeff Gutt play as a new frontman of uh, Stone Temple Pilots. I saw them at the now defunct, the very last River City Rock Festival in San Antonio, man, rest in peace. In 2018, nine inch nails were the headliner. Primus was uh, was before Nine Inch Nails, but Bush and Stone Temple Pilots were on that bill. Wow, wow, what a bill! Yeah, yeah, and that's when I was able to see Jeff for the first time, and I just look and at my husband Jeff, and like, oh my God, the ghost of Scott Weiland is on that stage. It's incredible, just incredible, man, man, what a talent. What a talent. That's so cool that you
1: got to see the continuation of the band and see Jeff Gutt in that role and knowing he's carrying really that torch, right? That torch yes. of just this tremendous talent that Scott had. And I feel like that is, uh, that's part of the reason why the story is such a sad one yeah, um, for me and just such a unbelievable tragedy. And as we talk about, there's just a, a complicated story to Scott's struggles with addiction. There's a wonderful um, article on loudersound.com that just talked about his life and death. I would really recommend the talk tuners read it. But they spoke about um, how he was haunted by anxiety and depression as a child and suffered from bipolar disorder that was actually undiagnosed until he was 34. So it hinted that um, throughout his life he kind of self-medicated. Is what they had, um, is what they were extrapolating. They said the first signs of his addiction developed before he was even old enough to drive. It talked about his teenage binge drinking that paved the way for cocaine and weed. Um, it said that after his parents found cocaine in his bedroom, they took him to his first rehab and he was only 16. He was only 16 oh. at that point. And uh, it also talked about how he continued to self medicate with alcohol, coke, and weed. Um, and uh, while really trying to manage his self-loathing. And the band in 1992 signed this very lucrative deal with Atlantic Records. And, you know, at that point he had exposure to what people call the addicts' uh, two biggest enemies, money and access to drugs. So it was on the last stop of a STP co-headlining tour with Butthole Surfers in 1993 uh, when he first tried heroin in the back room. Um, of uh, the Royalton Hotel. And he'd said, okay, well, I'm feeling my demons finally retreat with this heroin. And in 1998, he said, when I tried heroin for the first time, seemed to make all those insecurities just go away. I suddenly felt, wow, this is how normal people feel on a day-to-day basis. And then within a year, he was spending uh, nearly 3000 a week on that habit. So it was just this, this sad sad thing that had followed him throughout his life, really, and um, and it's just really a tragedy that I think most people um, have experienced some form of, and in this case, his public figure, and we sadly know how it ends.
0: Yeah, we do, we do, and it's so tragic. And you know, just my my two cents. I am someone on the team that struggles with mental health. I have no shame, completely no shame. You know, bipolar disorder, just in general, yes, it's tragic. It can ruin your life. It can kill you. But I will say this about it. Because for me, just in general, when it comes to mental health, you know, I deal with depression. And, you know, it's kind of a gift in some ways. It really is. I got to look at it both sides. I have to. And with bipolar disorder, something that I do want to let talk tuners know, may or may not know, is that individuals who live with bipolar disorder, a lot of the times, are geniuses. Yeah. A lot of the times, one of the best artists who ever walked the planet, Scott being one of them. Yeah. You know, you have, you know, you think about people that we idolize, people we enjoy their work. Carrie Fisher, may she rest in peace, had bipolar disorder. Axl Rose, bipolar disorder. Yeah. So, you know, with that, unfortunately, just the way... These particular diseases play into our society. It doesn't surprise me that Scott self-medicated. I know I've done my fair share. Absolutely. So, you know, with that said, unfortunately, Scott left this earth on December 3rd of 2015. And at that time, I was living with Gina. When I broke the news to her in the wee early hours of the morning, we were not even up yet to get dressed for work. We both cried. We cried together. And we honored him during Christmas because he has a Christmas album, y'all. I mean, pretty cool. We had a couple of tequila shots and made a really amazing dinner and listen to Scott Weiland's Christmas album. It's the most wonderful time of the year. So yeah. Yeah. Painful man. Till this day. Painful. Yeah. That's such a nice way to honor his memory
1: too. At that point. I, uh, We'll never forget hearing about his passing. It was kind of a this surreal moment. I had flown to France on a work trip and I just I landed very jet lagged. I was really disoriented. I was really, really tired. And I remember I went to go find something to eat and I sat down and I saw the news on a TV uh, at the cafe and I was just shocked. And I just thought, am I hallucinating this? Am I disoriented? Uh, and I'll never forget it. It was such a moment in time. And it was so, so shocking. It was a, a very big memory for me, just hearing of his passing and just tremendously saddening, no matter the circumstances, just absolutely saddening. What a loss of a person and what a loss of a talent, right?
0: Yeah, man. I mean, Steph and I, okay, of course, you know, you're listening to us now. You know, we absolutely love music. And when these artists leave, it really does have an impact because their art's gone, but it lives on forever.
1: Yeah, it lives on forever. And during that time too, shortly after his passing, um, the mother of Scott's children, Mary Forsberg Weiland, talked about her thoughts in Rolling Stone. And she said, let's also make sure that this doesn't happen again. Uh, Let's not look at Addiction hand in hand with a successful rock career. She didn't want it to happen to anyone else was the gist of what she was saying. And she wrote an open letter to Rolling Stone. She said, the outpouring of condolences and prayers offered to our children, Noah and Lucy has been overwhelming, appreciated and even comforting. But the truth is like so many other kids, they lost their father years ago. What they truly lost on December 3rd was hope. And so she's just referring to the slide that she'd seen over the years and how uh, she had hoped that it wasn't going to end the way that she'd seen others end. But it I just can't overstate the tragedy, right, for everybody involved,
0: mm-hmm. for Absolutely. art,
1: for his family, for all of us.
0: Yeah, and just real quick on that note, Stephanie, you know, Mary – If you guys go back to Velvet Revolver and their first song, Fall to Pieces, that is about Scott's addiction and how at that time, you know, the members of GNR were helping him through that. And he actually had Reunited with Mary. It's a beautiful, very, very, very impactful video um, and song. I highly recommend checking it out.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And... Tuners, I think you know as well as us, addiction is tragically a national epidemic. So if you are suffering right now, if you're looking for help, there's the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services National Helpline. That's 1-800-662-HELP. That's also known as the Treatment Referral Routing Service. That's confidential. That's free. That's 24 hours a day. It's just a resource that we want to share because we think it's important.
0: Absolutely. I echo it, man. Um, You know, get that help. Get that resources. Don't do this on your own. You can't. Yeah. You can't. And you know, with that said, I'm glad we talked about, you know, Stone Tip of Pilots kept it real. Thank you, STP, for the music. It lives on. And thank you, Talk Tuners, for listening to us over the past two years. Two years. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. I'm gonna pull in a Joey Lawrence Whoa. Getting go more 90s. Y'all remember huh. Blossom. Anyway. We- <laughs> enjoyed sharing our lives with you and how the music has has kept us going. Still does. And we know that many of you identify with music the same way we do. So please reach out to us. You can find us on your social of choice. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Stephanie's Talk, Twitter, Stephanie's Talk, Gmail, Stephanie's Tunes at gmail.com. And we got a shortcut, y'all, for everything. Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes, simply go to stephaniestalktunes.com. Yeah.
1: And thank you again for sticking with us for 50 episodes and two years, Talk Tuners, or whether you found us at the beginning or found us right now, we want to just say thanks. So please join us on social, connect with us there. Please do rate us on Good Pods. And thank you for those of you who have. That's been tremendously helpful. That really helps our visibility. So thank you so much for doing that. And again, don't forget about the merch contest giveaway in honor of our 50th. You can win that color changing mug from our merch store by sending an email to talktoons at gmail.com with the subject line merch giveaway. And we will enter you for a chance to win and we will
0: announce the winner on future episode. Awesome. 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 Yeah. One last thing before I sign off. I just want to say thank you to you, Stephanie. And I thank also you. just want to thank Gina. Um, you know, it's rare that we get to meet someone as fantastic as she was. And I'm grateful to be a part of her story. And I'm grateful that you are a part of it as well. Our memories are gold. Ha! Just like this episode, gold. Loss and grief isn't linear, y'all. But through the power of music and memories, I can carry on.
1: Yes. And thank you again, Stephanie. It's been a, a wonderful journey with you. And yeah, thanks to Gina, too. And I'm uh, think she's with us on this episode. She changed my life for the better. Meeting her changed my life. Uh, cancer sucks. I hope that we have a cure for it during our lifetime, but I am grateful to think about the power of our memories and the power of music, um, through this show. So just gratitude, just gratitude. I'm Stephanie Myers and we'll see you in two weeks. Peace. Thanks. Talk tuners.